Hey guys, it's Daniel, and I've got none other than Sam Colton. That's right, Sam Bam from Faster Pussycat on the other end of this phone line. Sam, how you doing, brother? I am great. How are you? Man, it's man, it's hot here. It's like 107 in Texas today. Oh, that is disgusting. It, it is. It absolutely is. So, man, how long have you been with Faster Pussycat? Uh, this year, I believe this is starting my fourth year. So it's my, uh, started in summer of 2019 with them. Wow, man. That's so that's a, that's a pretty good stretch. Now, when it comes to playing all the older stuff, do you find that, uh, you'd like to be more, uh, you, you'd like to keep to the original side of playing things or do you add your own flair to it? Uh, it's mostly trying to do it. Uh, trying to do a healthy amount of both, I guess, but mostly playing it, you know, like the originals are. And then when there's certain spots where it feels like there could be some liberties taken, uh, try to take them and (laughs) try to make it all kind of go together and hopefully make people excited or something. Well, (laughs) does, uh, Tammy give you, uh, a free reign with this stuff or does he say, you know, we need to keep this more original. Uh, he pretty much trusts me to get everybody else to play stuff. Right. So okay. he's pretty much like, like giving not, I don't really like to say giving me the reins, but basically kind of giving me the reins to get everybody else into shape. And then he trusts me to be doing it right. Or, you know, he, he seems to like whatever it is. But he's a hell of a good guy. I mean, I've I've met him a few times, and he's never, you know, he's never been an Ingve Momstein. I'll put it that way. <laughs> oh no, I mean, it's just, uh, it's really he's chill. And even like last night, we did this really weird show that ended up being awesome. Uh, it was a really interesting thing with everybody sitting down and kind of eating. And it was in Annapolis, Maryland at this place called Ram's head on stage. We all ended up having so much fun and he was just cracking jokes all night. That's awesome. He doesn't always do that on stage, but you know, he does, he's just cool. Right. Well now just for a, a reference for the listeners, we met, at the infamous bathroom show here in Dallas when uh, Tracy Guns had to do the show from the bathroom. That is correct. And not only did we meet there, but Tracy did play from the bathroom. I know. And that was just so amazing to me that that got pulled off in, in the perfect way that it did. Uh, I've seen Ellie Guns several times over the years. I'm, yeah, I'm an old fart and I've seen him back in the 80s. But these, I mean, it was Tracy. You could tell that Tracy was actually playing. I guess the thing about that was he came out and said something to the crowd before the show, but I don't think like either the mic wasn't on or people weren't paying attention or it was like this whole thing. And then they started and I mean, we were all, all of us and the other bands were just watching like, Oh my gosh, this is really going down. And, uh, the it yeah it it happened. He had a whole setup in the bathroom, and it went off flawlessly. I mean, it was a little weird for the other guys yeah. on stage, but well, it went off great from what we all saw. So yeah, well, actually, when he came out and, and said what it was happening, uh, 
his mic wasn't on. I couldn't hear a word he was saying. And I'm right. I'm standing right next to the speakers on the uh, uh, left yeah. side of the stage. I'm like, uh, okay, so <laughs> yeah, so it was awkward because he was there and then he was gone and then then he came back out <laughs> and they came back out. Yeah, yeah. I, I I mean because I, I like I said earlier, I didn't look at my social media page and I didn't see that he actually was had a an issue going on where he had to do that. And I thought, man, did did they get into a big fight right before the show and that's, you know, where media's mind goes first. Is, is everything okay in the camp? Well, you know, I, I had to, I have to train myself not to think that. I just, you know, go with, there must be something going on that we don't know about yet that is, is causing this. Yeah, that's, that's really the thing is that he, that's just what needed to happen. And it was better than the alternative of a him not playing or the band not playing. Exactly. Uh, well, now, not to take anything away from Pastor Pussycat, because I'll tell you, uh, Bathroom Wall is one of the biggest requested songs I have on my radio shows. That's awesome. Yeah, people love it, you know. And, and of course, I, I have to keep it uh, FM friendly. So, you know, doing uh, a Slip of the Lip or Slip of the Tongue, no, oh, right. <laughs> I can't do that one. So yeah, there's been a few shows where we've had to pull a couple songs, uh, just you know for whatever for whatever reason. It's like, yeah. oh, it's friendly. It's like, well, you do know the word "pussies" <laughs> in the name, so <laughs> you know. But again, we don't book the gigs. we don't book the gigs. We just play them. Right. And you're sitting there going, you know, that's not really a cat they're talking about, right? <laughs> we'll just let them think that it is. Right. Well, and the the crazy thing is, is you get people involved like uh, the Phelps gang. And do you know who they are? I don't know. The the Fred Phelps gang. Oh, my God. Uh, they are a group of lawyers that have started their own church. And they go protest uh, every concert hoping to get a rise out of somebody so that they can sue them. Hmm. And they are they are hilarious because they just do some stupid stuff, and you know uh, who was it? Uh, Dave Grohl actually dressed up and went out there and, and was protesting with them, and it's like, wow, that's you know, protesting your own stuff. Like that that's that's epic that they got that on video. But they wow they, they go to a lot of shows like in Kansas City. They're they're the idiots that hold up the signs that God hates uh, homosexuals and stuff like that. Okay. Yeah, that's them. And <laughs> I just, I, I can't believe they get away with what they do, but it makes for better ticket sales in all reality. Sure, whatever works. Yeah, <laughs> it's like the PMRC, you know, that all that did was increase album sales by making a blackout of an album. That's all that was, was increase of ticket sales, and they never saw that coming. Right. <laughs> So okay, so let's talk about your live rig. What do you what what amps are you using? Right now, it's uh, I have the main amp is a Friedman small box, which has pretty much been my main amp for the last five years or so, I think. And then also run it in conjunction with an RJS, uh, which is kind of based on a a plexi or a jmp and okay. it's a it's a guy out of detroit 
and I run them together. I actually got the RJS. So I've, I've heard of RJS through Instagram and that's just the name had always floated around and I tried Tracy's RJS Okay. and I loved it. It sounded awesome. And when it came to putting together my rig for the tour I was on before this one, which is uh, I play with a singer named Dorothy. Uh, it kind of needed. It's I'm the only guitar player there most of the time, right? And it needed to be a bigger, fuller sound. And for um, my buddy, the bass player, he was kind of wanting me to have something because the Friedman is really um, it's kind of compressed, even though I'm running it with the pedals i'm not even actually been using the dirty channel on it recently i've been using pedals with it just for different gain stages or whatever and the rjs just kind of does the um the marshall thing where it's like kind of gets uncontrollable a little bit so right. putting the two, so putting the two amps together they really seem to work well together and it's a fun rig to play oh well that sounds awesome man i uh you know, I use uh, Black Sars and Saldanos. Okay. Uh, um, I'll, I'll tell you, for a workhorse, you'll never meet anything stronger than the, the Black Star uh, HT clubs. Those things are mean. We have those. We actually, those are our backup heads. Really? So our, our, yeah, we luckily, knock on wood, have not had to dig them out of the trailer yet. But, yeah, our backup heads are... Um, like the HT venue, something right. like that. And the cabs that I'm using are actually Blackstar cabs, and I really, really like them. They have a lot of low end. Yeah. Uh, I like them more. I've got a Marshall with green backs and a Friedman cab back home, but I'm I'm sticking with these these Blackstar cabs right now. So it's my whole rig's kind of a little mix matched, but I love it. Well, and you know, most guitarists understand that this cabinet sounds better with this, this amp and this pedal sounds better as, as say a, a parametric than this one. And yeah, I mean, I'm all about just whatever kind of works. Yeah. Just in general, whatever kind of gets to the sound. That's why even right now I'm like, okay, I'm using some pedals for the drive instead of using the actual amp tone. Cause that's getting closer to the sound that's in my head. That's what's, basically is driving everything is just trying to achieve the sound right that's my head and then you saying that you use a soldano too in my the third band that i play with I've recorded with uh we recorded some of we did four songs uh about a year and a half ago that have come out already and then we did another batch of four that only one has come out so far but we did a lot of that second batch with a Soldano. I think actually all of my leads are done with a Soldano. Well, and the, the sad thing now is the boutique company that bought all those great amps, uh, they, they've lost some luster, in, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. I mean, the newer ones. Yeah. Because uh, yeah. they're mass-produced, and they're, they, they still think they're worth $4,000, and it's like, man, this thing was mass-produced by people who... who have a job they don't love the instrument so uh, I'm, I'm, I've, I've kind of lost my luster for the new boutique well i will say the soldano that i got to play even though it was only in the the studio it was 
great and loved how it tracked. So right, but, uh, yeah, I'm sure it's got. I'm sure just kind of like anything new, just guitars or anything else. Some 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 measure up to the old ones and some don't. Yeah, you're you're absolutely correct. And the the crazy thing is, is uh, a band I was with years ago. Man, I used uh, Soldano preamps, Marshall power amps, uh, and then I had my Marshall cabinets. I I used uh, okay, pile driver speakers in one of the speakers, and the other three were greenbacks just to give it a different sound. Yeah. And and my guitar tech, he was like, man, "What is this?" I'm like, "Just go with it, man. Trust me." <laughs> Don't worry about it. Yeah, but it that was you know back in the days of everything was rack mount and. You had a 20-space rack mount that weighed 800 pounds, and you tried to haul it from gig to gig. Yeah. But I don't know. So are you what what strings are you using and, and accessories? Uh, strings are mixture. Well, I, I have a deal with Ernie Ball, and Ernie Ball are my favorite strings. Uh, I've been using some Dunlops on this tour just because I got a bunch from a friend who was there for a minute. So I've got a bunch of those right now since I didn't really have to reorder. So I was like, okay, might as well use them. We've got 50 packs of strings here. <laughs> um, but I use Ernie Ball. And right now I'm using 10 to 52. But I tried some of Tony Higby from Tom Kiefer's band lended, loaned me some strings. He has the uh, Diodario NYXL, and I think it's a hybrid set of 10 to 49. Yeah. Yeah. And that was, I really liked that gauge. Like I didn't change strings on my guitar for like a, a, a week and a half just to keep using those strings. So, um, I might try to see if I can do that gauge with Ernie ball and try that out. And I don't know, I'm always kind of tinkering and experimenting hey, so, and, but right now it's 10 to 52. Well, and, and that's the thing is once, once you figure out one part, you move on to the next part as far as, figuring out what what you want your tone to be. Yeah, I mean, it's, well, you know, on and on other gigs with Faster Pussycat, the tunings are only standard and drop D, so it's really not anything that crazy. But then with Dorothy and then my third band, Butterside, those get into lower tunings. Like Dorothy would do, um, there's some E-flat, there's some, uh, you know, E flat with a drop D, so that's a drop C sharp. Then there's some that are C sharp standard, where the whole guitar is in a standard tuning C sharp. Wow. Uh, and then with Butterside, there's a lot of drop C and a lot of drop B now. Oh, so, man. Um, you know, kind of having to experiment with gauges for those lower tunings. Yeah. Uh, while also trying to, because I. I use all, I've got a decent amount of guitars, but I like, my main one goes with me to every gig, you know, so um, try to make it work for all the guitars without having to, like, reset them up and make it be a whole completely different setup, you know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's, yeah. that makes uh, complete sense. So, okay, so... I'm looking here at the Rocklahoma 2022 lineup, and Dorothy is going to be there. We are going to be there. Dude, you've got to stop. I'm going to be in the media area. you got to stop by and say, hey, man. That'd be awesome. Because I've got something for you that's going to blow your mind. Oh, wow. Okay. 
Well, okay, so one of my sponsors uh, is a company called Colossal Cables. Okay. And, and uh, Dave is an amazing dude. I, I love working with him. His cables are above and beyond what you'd expect. I'm going to let you check out uh, one of my guitar cables, and you will hear a difference. I mean, I'll bring – I've got a road case full of cables, but my Colossals go in my main road case. I want you to check it out because I think you're going to be uh, absolutely blown away at at the quality of the sound that you're getting. It's just unbelievable, man. So anyways. (laughs) That's cool. But, yeah, I I love it when two musicians can sit down and talk about anything and start geeking out about the, uh, the amps and the strings and you know, effects pedals, you know, there was a long time I went completely pedalless, but I did have a, a delay that was a rack mount delay that I used. And that was the only effect I used. I used the clean and dirty of my amp and that was it. Yeah. So, I mean, pedals, that's a whole, we can go down that rabbit hole if you want. Cause that's, uh, that's, I love that stuff. Okay, um, cool. The, uh, right now with, pussycat my board only i have eight pedals on it and even that is probably a little bit overkill just for for what's really needed but uh it's what i like so uh it starts with a a tuner and then it goes into uh thumb up the mini wah just not not like the 535 one or anything it's just the the standard mini wah okay and goes into the the Nobles, oh, uh, the Natural Overdrive, which is, I mean, that that thing really could be my whole guitar sound, but I'm just using it for as the um, the lead, like the, the more gain. Okay, the solo Huge stuff. Thing. The solo stuff. Um, and it sounds, it's just, uh, it blows my mind. And then the main <laughs> dirt tone that I'm using is a J-Rocket, majestic which is kind of like one of the archer pedals but it has a treble and bass control so there's four knobs there's volume gain treble and bass okay wow and that became say was using a metropolis super boost which i still really love and i brought it with me because uh in case i wanted to change something uh I brought a bunch of other pedals along with me because I did that on the last tour too. Right. Uh, the Dorothy tour because in rehearsals I was using the Super Boost. And then one day I just was like, okay, I'm just going to experiment and try these different ones. And then we landed on that J Rocket Majestic and we were like, that's the sound. That's so, uh, that's what I'm still using uh, to drive my amps. So the amps are set kind of like, edge of breakup y clean ish. Right. And then and then that paddle does all the work. And then the nobles overdrive goes on top of that for solos. And then also for solos, I'll hit on I have two pedals in the effects loop. One is a boss EQ where I'm boosting the level okay. and the mids slightly. So that's for for solos. And in the effects loop a pedal like that or a single 
knob boost pedal mm-hmm. gives you an actual DB boost in volume. Right. So when you're on tour, like we are right now, we don't travel with our own front of house guy. So since you're dealing with different guys every single night, you know, you can't really rely on them to boost the guitar solos. So I learned that from playing in bars since I was 12. So uh, I started doing that really long time ago. And uh, then there's also a delay in the loop, which changes from an MXR carbon copy to a, uh, right now it's a Maleco Echo. They're both analog delay. Right. And then there's so um at the moment there's a Wazacraft Boss DM2 in the front because I'll kind of do like ping pongy delays with the two of them together because I like how it feels. Right. Everything wow. is kind of based on just feel or getting the sounds or whatever. And the last pedal, sorry, <laughs> it goes out. Of the, um, so those two are in the effects loop. So, uh, tuner wa two overdrives into the delay that's in the front and then out of the boss was a delay it goes into a splitter that's under the board one out goes to the patch bay which goes to the amp well actually goes to the a b switch that then goes to the amps and then the other out goes to an mxr talk box which i use for the new faster pussycat single that came out last year okay uh, nola and I do that because with the talk box, it'll usually cut off the guitar signal. So it'll usually, you know, cut off your amp signal. But this way, using a splitter, the amp signal still keeps going and then the talk box just gets added on top of it. Okay. Well, that, it sounds like you've done with, a little experimenting there. Yeah, it's I kind of stole the idea from watching Doug Aldrich's rig rundown. And okay. he split his talk box off of his volume pedal and then was able to fade in the talk box whenever he wanted. Oh. Uh, and f- sorry, he was able to use the talk box and fade in the guitar signal whenever he wanted, um, which is something I might try later down the line. Because uh, I'd like to be able to like turn the guitar signal down, but not off. Right. Uh, but... I kind of took that idea and tried it and it worked. So that's how I've been running it for the last you know, year. Well, man, that's amazing. And so many people just don't understand that uh, when you're, when you're searching for that sound, when you're searching for what works best in your rig, that it's a process, man. It, it just doesn't say, Oh, well, I'm going to grab this pedal and see if it works. That's not how it works. It's I'm going to grab this pedal. We're going to, I'm going to use it for a month and then I'll make a judgment call on that. Yeah, I mean, it's it really, uh, you know, again, on the last tour is kind of where I was experimenting a little more, uh, and I had a few more pedals on the board as, as well, just because the Dorothy gig requires more effects and stuff. Uh, but I once I sat, landed on these two pedals, when I got that Nobles OD, I haven't changed anything since, and that's been the good um, since the end of May. So for me, that's a long time. Oh wow, man! So that, as long as it's working, man, that's that's all you can ask for. As, as yeah, and but now see, like for myself, I, I, I I've been through hundreds of pedals in my fifty-two years here on the earth, 
and the my I, I got to say my favorite uh, metal pedal is the HM2 from Boss, which is almost incredibly hard to find now. Is that like a heavy metal? Yes. Distort? Yeah, and but it's it's like the uh, the really big hair stuff. The the I'm not I don't want to say pop rock because that's not right, but yeah, uh, the the Poison first album. Okay. Uh, look what the cat dragged in stuff like that. It's it's that that really uh, glimmer metal. I actually use a uh, on a my another board uh, for Butterside. I use a metal zone, and I use it for a part in a song where we stacked like five fuzzes. Oh wow! So to make that kind of sound, it's like, well, what else can do it? Oh. A metal zone running into a Friedman, that'll do it. <laughs> I did it as a joke, and then it actually ended up working, so that's why I keep using it. Well, I'll tell you, man, if you get a chance and you find one, the HM2 from Boss is a fun pedal, and, and once you get it dialed into a, a sound, you'll be like, where has this been all my life? Maybe. So, so okay, let me ask you this. How old are you, man? I'm 27. And you're doing the 80s big hair stuff, man. That is phenomenal. I love that, man. I, well, I mean, just just on this particular gig. Yeah. And I, mean, I don't I don't even really consider Faster to be like big 80s hair metal. It was kind of even it's honestly more like just dirty rock and roll or almost kind of more punk rock really than it and it kind of got lumped into the hair metal well, yeah, thing. You're absolutely obviously, correct. Tammy had big hair and all of them had, you know, big hair back in the day and stuff. But I kind of, that's what it just, it sort of feels like it's kind of more, at least playing the music to me when I was learning it, I was like, Oh, this is kind of more punk rock or just like rock and roll. Uh, Yeah. And you know, I I was talking to somebody um, and I said, you know, I want to get you on for an interview uh, or on my podcast to talk about whatever and he goes, oh, he goes, what's it on? And I said, the, the podcast is called The Next Note, but it's on my website, Big Hair Ocalypse. He goes, wait a minute, what? <laughs> he, goes, <laughs> he goes, we're not a big hair band. And I said, I said, I, I get that, but that's just, you know, my radio show, that's kind of what I just went with. And he goes, oh, yeah. okay, well, that that's understandable. I'm like, all right, cool. <laughs> I don't want to piss you off. <laughs> yeah. But no. Yeah. You know, Faster Pussycat, L.A. Guns, uh, Hanoi Rocks, all those guys, they were lumped into that pretty boy, uh, Nelson, uh, in all, all reality, uh, Poison, and all those bands, the really... Yeah, when I hear hair metal, it just makes me kind of think like Poison or like Warrant or like, I don't really yes. know. Because I, I just have to be honest, I really don't listen to that, that or this kind of music, okay. really. Well, um, what is, not, what, go ahead. Like, man. as far into the 80s as I really get, it's kind of like GNR. So okay. that's kind of like, like, okay. And then I like LA Guns music now, and I like the Tom Kiefer Cinderella music now. Because from hearing it live and hearing it played, I don't really go back and and listen to it. Right. Um, 
that's I'm kind of more I'm like uh more of a 90s or kind of 2000s like I'm a like Alice in Chains okay Monster Magnet uh, I grew up loving Shine Down and Three Days Grace and Seether and bands that uh, most people from the 80s probably hate so and um, in all reality uh Shine Down who's going to be at Rocklahoma they uh, are they are playing, one of my favorites. We're playing a show with them, with Dorothy, uh, the first show of our tour. We're Right after this tour, I'm home for about a total of like 15 days, but not all at one time, and uh, <laughs> leave for another six weeks uh, with Dorothy, and we're going out with the band Dirty Honey, but we're also doing these festival shows, and we're doing some headline shows, right. and the first gig of the tour is with Shinedown because they're doing a makeup show for Knoxville because I guess their last show of their last tour got canceled. Somebody was sick and right. Um, so Dorothy's we're doing the direct support on that show. So, well, uh, I'm pretty excited. Yeah, man. And Seether's going to be at Rocklahoma as well. Yeah. I'm not sure. I haven't really looked to see who's on what day yet because that's a, they, For me, that's it's a mystery. Yeah, we still don't know yet. <laughs> well, I mean, certain bands have it listed on like their sites. Like right. you can go, kind of, you could look and kind of decipher if you wanted to some. Yeah. But yeah, they haven't announced the lineups or anything. Yeah. Well, and the the cool thing is, I just know what day we're on because I got sent the date. Right. Uh, one of the cool things is uh, a mutual friend of ours, Chips Enough. He's going to be there. Uh, Yes, they are. And that's, I, I always want to talk to Chip. Oh, yeah? Yeah, they're there. I think they're there on the Thursday. Okay. So, yeah, uh, like the day before. The, kind of, the one that they usually kind of have the more of 80s bands on, I think that's what he said. Yeah, the, the warm-up. Yeah. Uh, now, what do, you, what do you think about Lit? What do I think about Lit? Yeah. Yeah, were were they a rock? Were they a good hard rock band to you? Um, I really don't know any songs other than the one, you yeah. know, and the Arsenemy, just because of playing it in cover bands and stuff as a kid. <laughs> so, um, but I know uh, that faster the faster guys are good friends with them. I met a bunch of them on the cruise this year, and the drummer. Uh, is associated with uh, this singer Diamante, which a bunch of my friends kind of play for, and we play. Sh- we'll be playing some shows with. Okay, uh, it was cool, and so that's kind of that's all I really kind of know about Lid. Is like, okay, the guys were cool, and they have that song, but I don't really. I'm not super familiar with their catalog either. Yeah, I. I don't know, man. When the whole flannel thing hit, and so many people wrapped uh, Alice in Chains into that whole thing. I'm like, dude, it doesn't get more metal than Alice in Chains. They weren't a grunge yeah. band. Yeah. So I Oh, to, uh, to answer your question, I did just go and take a peek. Uh, Shinedown is playing the same day. Or we, I should say, we are playing the same day as Shinedown is on Rocklahoma. So. Okay, cool. Uh, it'll be fun to do two shows basically kind of back to back actually with them. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And the guys from Shinedown, uh, I met them years ago in Kansas city. 
uh, when they first started coming out, they, they played uh, Rockfest, I think it was. That's the thing that was the first show they did there in Kansas City. So that's going to be kind of cool. Uh, I first saw, if we're talking about uh, them, I first saw them when I was 13, and I saw them kind of by accident because I went to see, it was this radio festival that happened every year in St. Louis, where I'm from. Uh, it's called Point Fest. Okay. And I was mostly going to see Seether because I loved that band. And then Shinedown played. And I was like, who is this band? Like, oh, why yeah. have I never heard of this band? And I was 13. And I went home that night and just delved in. And then I have been a fan myself ever since. And then, you know, met most of the guys. And, you know, Zach Myers was always one of my favorite guitar players when I was you know, growing up and playing, oh. and I thought he was just cool. You know, just the way he plays was was cooler to me than like an Ingve or a Steve Vai, for lack of a you know the kind of virtuoso right. kind of thing. Well, um, I got a I got a really cool Steve, uh, not Steve Vai because he was there as well, but uh, Ingve Malmsteen story. Oh uh, gosh! <laughs> so I met this uh, concert in uh, Salina, Kansas. I worked in radio few hours away from there and so we got invited up for this thing and i'm standing there talking to one of the guys that's on the uh uh what was that called generation axe tour and i i'm not going to say who it was because he listens to this to my podcast he listens to my shows so i'm not gonna say who it was but i'm standing there talking to him and ingve comes walking up and i i didn't think he was you know a dick all the time and i, I stuck my hand out and i said i said hey man it's my name's, you know, the animal. It's good to meet you, blah, blah, blah. And he goes, he goes, I'm sure it is nice to meet me. He turns around and walks off. <laughs> and the guy I'm with goes, hey, you, you don't have to be a dick all the time, do you? <laughs> I'm just like, nah. that's insane. He's just, he, he was just always like that. And I'm like, how did you make it so far in this goddamn industry being that guy? Yeah, I don't, I mean, no comment. <laughs> <laughs> well, and he's played with some incredible people. Yeah, I mean, absolutely phenomenal vocalists and uh, drummers and, and bass players. And it's like. I like his current drummer. I met him last summer. We were uh, playing the same complex and he was really cool. Yeah. His, drum, his drummer was really cool. Let me clarify. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. Because you know, we all know. Let's face it, we all know. <laughs> so I mean, I I haven't really had <laughs> my only interaction with Ingve ever was I've I've seen him live two times. Once was in St. Louis, a uh, really long time ago, and another time was on a cruise. Uh, the time on the cruise, I fell asleep, and then uh, the um. When last year, when Faster was out on the road, we were playing Warehouse Live in Houston, and Ingve was playing the big room. We got put in the small room because they decided to book Ingve on the same night. That's and, odd. <laughs> and so it was our last show with Enough's Enough that night because they were out with us last year. And, oh, I actually went to your show at, at uh, Fort Worth at the Rock Club. Oh, cool. So the it was the last show with them. So Danny and I w wanted to do something funny and we went up on stage with them and 
Danny had an evil Knievel outfit, and he also bought a Stormtrooper outfit that was for, like, a kid, like somebody who was 12. Yeah. But I fit into it, or at least, <laughs> so, at least somewhat. So we went out on stage and just, you know, went out on, like, Baby Loves You or something just to be <laughs> stupid. And as we were walking to the stage, Ingve was walking to the stage to go out. And we met, we made eye contact. He looked at us. He saw Danny in the Evil Knievel outfit. He saw me in a Stormtrooper outfit. And then he walked away. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I don't even want to know. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't either. <laughs> oh, I would. I'd be all about that going, dude. <laughs> but, you know, that's, that's if just. I were him, <laughs> if I were him, I'd be like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> right? All right, well, let's just roll with this, see what happens. <laughs> But, yeah, I mean that's that's us. That's the kind of people that I hang out with. Is the people be like, okay, we're going to see where this goes. <laughs> yeah, this thing is a bad decision. Just go. <laughs> yeah, but uh, so yeah, man. Okay, well, uh, hell, man. L- let me take a little break here, and then we're going to uh, come right back with some more uh, insanity. How's that sound? Cool. What is every musician's goal? Tone. Cutting through all the who makes what is exhausting. Colossal Cables has put you and your instrument first by using only the best of the best so you can achieve the tone you deserve. The old saying, you get what you pay for is no joke, but don't be price gouged by the inferior cables that loses tone by the foot. Colossal Cable has put the tone back in your hands. XLR mic cables, speaker cables, instrument cables. See their full line at www.colossalcable.com and take your tone back. All right, guys, we're back with Sam Bam. And, dude, Hello. <laughs> uh, let, let me ask you the, the, the big important question here. What is your best Spinal Tap moment? Oh, uh, <laughs> every day of this tour. <laughs> <laughs> A little insanity, huh? Yeah, that's. That's the easiest answer. I don't know. Uh, trying to pinpoint one is just like, uh, I'm, I've been in that situation where it's like, oh, where's the stage? Oh, nope, not this way. Okay, here, let's try this way. Nope, Hello, okay. Cleveland. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So Yeah, been on stage where the singer said we were in the wrong place. Uh, been on stage where, uh, I don't know, I've, I've on the last Faster Pussycat tour, tours, I should say, we were doing a song called Friends, and I was playing mandolin on it for the first half. Oh, wow. So I had I had my guitar on, but then I'd play mandolin and then hand the mandolin off after the first, like, you know, first half of the song or so. <laughs> and uh, somebody Photoshopped. There was a picture of me, photoshopped me with the mandolin into the Stonehenge, like the, <laughs> the, one of my friends did it from the, the movie. Right. Yeah. So, we have a Stonehenge that's in fear of being trampled by a dwarf. <laughs> that, yeah, that felt like a pretty spinal tap moment was getting inserted into a picture of it. Well, you know, everybody's, everybody has a comment right now about the Pantera reunion. That, I'm excited. I am too. I mean, Zach Wild. I mean, that's going to be pretty awesome to see Zach doing dime stuff. 
Yeah, I mean, that's that's just kind of like, it seems like it's two people that were really close to the band. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, it's not going to be the same, obviously, but it's going to be something, and it should be something cool to see. Absolutely. So. I, I can't wait to see this show. I mean, it's going to be absolutely insane. It's just, I, I'm excited about it. But this one guy goes, he goes, yeah, next thing you know, they'll be doing a Spinal Tap uh, reunion with none of the original members. I said, yeah, it's going to be called Smell the Glove. You know, yeah. I just come on, man. It's how many bands are out there that have all the original members? Not a lot. Yeah, I mean it, it, that doesn't happen. I mean, hell, even the Bee Gees is down to one. So it's 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 not. I don't know. I yeah, mean, I mean it's a hard thing. It's just like, okay, would you rather it? not happen i guess some people would rather it not happen but it's like that's that's gonna be a good thing for music all around yes oh it's you know the even the stadium tour thing right now okay it's like well they weren't supposed to get back together and all that but they did but now a bunch of people have jobs because of it and a bunch of people entertain and happy because of it so I think that sounds pretty good. Well, and, and, you know, everybody was busting, you know, Vince Neil's balls about, uh, not being able to sing the songs and having a teleprompter. I'm like, dude, come on. How long has he been belting out live wire? Well, the, the teleprompter thing, people talking about that is a little silly to me. Cause it's like, there's so many bands that have teleprompters on stage. Guns N' Roses has teleprompters on stage. Yeah. Aerosmith, like, I mean, at a certain point, Miles Kennedy has a teleprompter on stage because he's in, like, 12 different bands. Right. Like, at some point, you know, that just has to happen. Can you imagine having all those songs going through your head and then forgetting? Well, because, like, it... Something could go wrong. It's at that level, you know. If they mess up the lyrics, they're going to end up on Blabbermouth the next day. Oh, God. So, well, and, and you know, everybody's busting Vince's. You know, yeah. yeah, there they are trying to prevent the news from happening. Yet then the news happens anyway. So. Yeah, exactly, and I Quote, just, I feel I feel bad for Vince Neil, uh, because I mean, not because of all the, the horse shit everybody's talking about. It's that he has to be in the middle of it. He he has to uh, show a different light of himself because number one, you've got all these people that are saying, "Well, you know, he can't sing the songs right." Dude, he's been doing it for fifty damn years. Shut up, you know. And <laughs> the, the the people who go, "Well, he forgets the lyrics." You, if I'll set you down and you do thirteen songs and do every one of them word for word, and we'll go from there. People don't I like mean- that. people are human beings. I mean, it's just like whether you're, yes, that is your job. All he has to really worry about in theory is kind of singing his songs. But at the same time, the human being is a person, person, people make mistakes. Uh, You know, not everybody is just a flawed person. So exactly. And I'm, I'm all I'm all about what Vince is doing, and he's out there kicking ass and taking names, and man, more power to him. Exactly. So, what is your guilty pleasure for uh, music? I don't know if we really have any ones that I'm guilty about. I think they're all <laughs> pleasures. Uh, 
Um, I'll, I'll go first. Pop music. Do what? Uh, sometimes some pop music and stuff, different things. Okay. Show up time to time where I'm like, ooh. You know, but I, I don't know. Nothing's really guilty to me. If something has a good melody or a good hook or a good progression, then I like it. Right. It's it's not doesn't really matter what the genre is, you know. Exactly. Well, okay. So for myself, my what I would call a guilty pleasure being in the the metal industry is the Bee Gees. Okay. They were absolutely phenomenal. They all yeah. their songs had that incredible hook that you never forgot. Yeah. But then, exactly. But then again, uh, the work that uh, Barry Gibb did on Greece. The, all those songs were incredible to me. So I'm sitting there going, <laughs> you know, come on, where 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 does it end with people being just okay with the world that you know? I think most people kind of are, just other than you know those select few. I mean, it's you should just be able to like whatever you like, and it shouldn't matter. Yeah, I, I mean, hell, I'm a Conway Twitty fan, but but that dude is the biggest pervert in country music. It's awesome. Yeah, country is definitely not on my. Guilty pleasures list. I can let you know that, but but that's just me. Right. That's okay because everybody is able to have entitled to what they like. And and so many people don't understand that nowadays. Everybody's like, "Well, you're going to like this because that's what I like." No, man, come on. Let's let's like what we individually like because we are individuals. Yeah. But that's just how I see things. I'm could be wrong. I probably am. Just ask my ex-wife. Yeah. <laughs> so okay, so uh, bringing it back into into the music industry, what is your favorite LA Gun song to play? Or sorry, Faster Pussycat song to play? I was gonna say I don't, I don't play the. Uh, <laughs> the I like listening to some of them. Um, <laughs> my favorite. Uh, faster song to play is probably there's there's a few so I, it's not going to be just one i'm okay. sorry uh where there's a whip there's a way uh-huh. not stop to nowhere and house of pain and uh i am a i guilt uh not guilty uh i do enjoy playing the new song because i am playing my own parts that i've recorded so right. that's fun to do so i would say where there's a whip there's a way non-stop to nowhere house of pain and nola are the faves nice man that, that's a that's a great set of songs dude yeah so uh, uh what, about- what are your faster songs to listen to <laughs> well okay house of pain bathroom wall yeah. okay uh, Slip of the tongue. Uh, God, I mean, the, the, all the catalog is incredible, man. I, I, oh, you're so vain. Uh huh. I absolutely love when when bands do a remake. The only one I'm tired of is "No Matter What" by Badfinger. I'm tired of everybody doing that song. Yeah. But you know, uh, when when they did "You're So Vain." I've sat here thinking to myself, holy God, that they took a 70s icon song 
and totally made it their own in their own way. And no other band could have done it better. It is a cool version of it for sure. It's fun to play. Yeah. But, uh, so, okay. Are, are you a kiss fan? Uh, not really, okay. but I'm, I've, I've grown to like some of it from doing, um, with Chad, uh, sometimes, uh, in LA or on a cruise, uh, with our friend Izzy, they do an Ace Freely tribute called the Ack. So okay. I've played guitar for that now a couple times and, through playing the Ace Freely and the Kiss songs, I have gained a, a new respect for them because they're deceivingly simple and they are really fun to play. Right. Uh, but just in general, again, that's just not really kind of what I've really listened to or right. grew up to personally. So you, you know New York Groove. Yeah. Dude, that song, when when Ace came out with that song, I remember, I remember when each member of kiss came out with their solo albums and I'm sitting there listening to it. I'm go, that sounds oddly familiar. And then when I got older, I realized that kiss recorded those. It's just that singer sang the songs, <laughs> right? That person's album was them singing. And that's the only difference there was. Yeah. Uh, and of course, you know, the, the great Kulik brothers did so much work with kiss. I got to play with Bruce Kulick once. Really? Yeah. I I'm uh, I've I've talked to him a couple times. Uh, we every now and then if something really cool is happening, he'll uh, send me a message on Facebook or something. And he's just such an awesome guy. Yeah, I remember him being cool. It was this uh, autism rocks event. It was this thing benefiting autism, and it was at. City Walk in LA at okay. University Walk, and it was really really fun. It was doing a bunch of songs with a few different people, and then Bruce Kulick played at the end. And we did rock and roll all night, and yeah. it was really fun. He came to I think we did a rehearsal with him, and we did the the gig, and it was really fun. Yeah, well, and and he he is such a uh, I don't want to say people person, but he's a he's a person of the fan. He he loves he loves the fans. Right. And that, and for yourself, I mean, hell, after the, the Pusscat gig in here in Dallas, you were off the stage and you were walking around talking to people. It, it's, I think that's what a lot of musicians have gotten away from. Uh, they, they, they've lost touch. And, and I'm not saying anybody in the tour you're on now, because everybody on that tour is freaking awesome. Uh, but there's other bands that I'm not going to mention any names again that it's almost impossible unless you want to pay money to do a meet and greet. I mean, you know, it's, uh, everybody has their own thing and I feel like everybody's entitled to their own thing. So the, you know, everybody in faster, pretty much other than Tammy because he's, he's sober. So for him being on the bus is where he feels comfortable. So he doesn't be out with people offering him drinks, even Mm -hmm. though they're like, Oh, you've been sober? Like, you know, he just doesn't want to deal with that. So that's, he is entitled to that. Absolutely. So, uh, you know, I like doing it sometimes, but then sometimes I'm like, "Ah," you know, because again, I don't drink. So I, for me, 
it sometimes is a little hard to go out into that environment with uh, the Dorothy tour that I was on. That was not the vibe. Like you didn't really go out and hang. I went out and hung and they were all like, you know, <laughs> kind of, you know, poking fun at it. Just not, not, you know, just cause that's what you do. Right. You have other, but you that was each other's like, balls. That's the way it goes. Yeah. But they, they didn't do that. I, I do it because I had gotten accustomed to it with faster. Mm -hmm. So then back to the faster tour right after that one, it took me a little bit to adjust of like, Oh my gosh. Okay. I have to go talk to people, talk to people (laughs) and people yelling at you for this or that. It's like, Oh wow. It took a second to adjust back. But yeah, I mean, it's again, everybody, should be entitled to their own thing with what they're comfortable with or what they want to do, especially now mm-hmm. today, you know, I guess, you know, tours and stuff getting canceled all the time and oh, different yeah. things, people getting sick now. And that's just a thing that people are dealing with. So, right. Um, you know, I, I don't think that anybody should really be offended if, you know, somebody isn't out just to hang out. I don't think it should be, Personally, I don't think it should be expected. I think it should be a bonus. Right. Well, and you're absolutely correct. These shows, it was like, oh, wow. Somebody just happens to be hanging out. It was a bonus. It wasn't like, yeah. uh, you know. So for me, growing up and going to see shows, which is, you know, I guess now started playing guitar when I was 10. So that's 17 years ago. So in the last 17 years, this has changed to being like now people can buy meet and greets and can meet their favorite band if they want to, right. if they want that money. Well, um, that well, wasn't an option really back when I was growing up. Are, are you on Facebook? I am more than I would like to be. So, but, <laughs> I'll, I'll try to find you later on, man. There is a picture <laughs> that cracks me up. It's uh, Rob Halford and Glenn Tipton from Judas Priest. Yeah. Taking a picture with kiss and, uh, Rob Halford has this really surprised look on his face, and he said, "At this moment, uh, Rob Halford realized that this picture costs a thousand dollars." Yeah, but yeah, you know, it's just stuff like that. I, I, I do love the tongue-in-cheek stuff that happens in, in the music industry. Uh, you know, the the Spinal Tap moments, the uh, it, and hell, the, when you guys get together and do something private for you know, like the autism thing. Whenever you guys do something like that, that just sets everybody such a, a step higher to me. Um, well, yeah, just you know, try to do. I my new saying is all all I can do is do what I can, or all we can do is do what we can. So just exactly. try to do something good when you can. Well, that I, I get that, man. Well, man, dude, I I appreciate you so much for. Uh, Give me a call and that's talking about this stuff and being on the the next note. It's 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 our honor to have you here, man. Well, thank you for having me. This was a lot of fun, just hanging out and you know, not getting diary, the same yeah, old questions. Of the mouth thing. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's that's what we strive to do. We we strive to make it fun for everybody and not the same old monotonous stupidity of. Uh, well, I heard that men, but, but nah, man, I, I can give two shits about something did in their past. As long as you learn from it, move on. Yeah. So, all right, man. Well, hold on a second. I'll be right back with you. Everybody, 
Sam Colton, Faster Pussycat Extraordinaire Guitarist. What is every musician's goal? Tone. Cutting through all the who makes what is exhausting. Colossal Cables has put you and your instrument first by using only the best of the best so you can achieve the tone you deserve. The old saying, you get what you pay for is no joke, but don't be price gouged by the inferior cables that loses tone by the foot. Colossal Cable has put the tone back in your hands. XLR mic cables, speaker cables, instrument cables. See their full line at www.colossalcable.com and take your tone back. 